Thanks for joining us today. I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events Podcast. In today's episode, you'll learn more about your event North Star and come away knowing how to determine what is your event's North Star and how you can then apply it to your planning process to create better events. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, and I'm joined by Mary Davidson, and we're so excited that you're joining us again. Uh, If you're new, I, Logan, live in Seattle, Washington, and I'm a freelance event producer currently specializing in the virtual event production world, but pre-COVID was doing uh, sports production with a little bit of nonprofit event planning in there as well. And Mary, if you want to do a quick little intro... Yeah, I'm Mary Davidson here, um, an event planner from the Tacoma, Washington area, so close to Logan, and uh, my company is called EP Events, E as in events, P as in purpose, and I mostly specialize in fundraising events as well as some other events, Um, and excited to be with you today and talk more about all the good stuff we have coming up. Yeah, and as you teased right at the top of the show, we are going to be talking about what is your event North Star? What is your why? Why are we? And we're going to kind of break down what that is, talk about why it's important, and then end with some how to actually apply it. And as we always love to end with a bonus tip that is sometimes related to our topic, sometimes unrelated, so that you have something tangible to take with you at the end of the episode. So we can kind of just jump into it. Um, I'll kick us off, Mary, with just talking about like what is the event North Star? Um, I love to say it's, if it's easier to think of it as a, a North Star like you would on a compass or if it's easier to say what's your event, why. But what it really is, is it's like your purpose for everything you're doing with your event. It is your guiding principle on why you're gathering. So sometimes it's hard to think of it in these abstract terms. So, for example, I would say if you're a nonprofit and you're going to host your annual gala, what is your why? Your why is to might be to raise more money or it might be to reach new donors and I found when I've talked with clients, sometimes they don't want to pick one thing. They want to say, oh, but we want to do everything. We want to reach new people and do this and do this. And you can have multiple goals with an event, but you really need to pick like one guiding principle that you can come back to that is going to kind of guide you along in your planning process and kind of come back when you make decisions, which Mary, when we do events, like everything we do is decision making. And if you feel like you have too many different goals and purposes and things like that, you can really lose your way. And maybe if you're still struggling to understand what this concept is, I, I say always like a common symptom of you having lost your way and not having a strong North Star or a why is you're really over budget or you're struggling to sell tickets to your event or you have no volunteers signing up to help volunteer and run your event. These to me are symptoms of the fact that you have lost your North Star and lost your why of what this event's important to because either your attendees aren't getting it, if you're not selling tickets, you're spending money on things that don't matter, or you're not even inspiring people to volunteer and give their time for you. Mary, is there anything else you want to add on like what an event or why, what is the why? Or you can jump into why we thought this was important to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think think that you nailed it. And I think I would wager to say that most of us who are planning events have experienced this at some point and trying to 
figure out exactly what the why is either from the beginning or you have that moment where you're like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Why are we doing what we're doing as part of this event planning process? And so um, I just think it's really relevant. And so that's part of the reason why we picked this topic. I also think it's so important for right now, you know, the time of releasing this episode of being in this virtual event world. I think a lot of people have, have had to realize what their why is and really nail down on that when you take away the food and beverage and the cool venues and the like really fancy performances that people could have or the fancy hotel you stayed in. When you take all that stuff away, you do have to go down to like, what is your why? And then helping execute that here in the virtual world. And I think it's been a really fun time for event people. It's been frustrating, but a fun part of it is that it has made people challenged, like what you're saying, Mary, of why are we doing this? Oh, that's just because we've always done it this way. Even if it doesn't actually line up with what your goals are right now, you're holding on to an a, a old why from five years ago. I think it has forced us to be creative and forced us to to really focus in, like you're saying. And so, I would say that's a that's a positive to the situation, and hopefully, we can use that moving forward. Yeah, definitely, and that I think ties into the why we thought this was important to talk about. You know, in episode two of our podcast, I think is because it's a, I use the example that it's you know applies a lot with nonprofit events, but it really applies to to any event. And if you don't have that foundation, you really can't start making those decisions. And if you do start making other decisions without having decided what your why is, this is where you start to come out with the disconnect, I think, between result, what your expectations are and the actual results of your event. Have you seen that to be something similar, Mary? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I was thinking through this too um, about some of the experiences that I've had. And I think sometimes, uh, depending on your role in planning an event, this isn't necessarily something that you have total control over. Like I said, it does depend. But um, perhaps you're just the doer. And so there's like a planning committee that's really making most of the decisions and, and they're kind of in charge of the why perhaps. Um, and so you're just kind of enacting <laughs> what, what they want you to do. Um, these situations are kind of tricky to navigate in this situation. So it helps to really, to really have that North Star that we're talking about. Um, have that why right up front in the planning process so that you as the planner or whoever you are can help keep everyone else on track. That's so true, Mary. And I think it is. Yeah. Often you might get brought in as a, as a, you're a planner, a contractor, even a vendor who gets asked to do something, a, one part of this larger event, you might notice they don't have that. And I would encourage you if you're someone who's gotten hired to help lead the strategy or the execution and you realize they haven't thought through this, what is their why? What is their big goal? Or Mary, you and I have talked about like, what does success look like to you? You can frame it that way if that's better. But like, if they can't say that to you, you might need to like help them walk through it. I've been a part of events where I've been brought in and we've been way past that stage and they're already halfway down the execution. And you can kind of do some tweaking as you go along, but it makes it really hard to make these decisions that kind of feel like they're in a fluid motion. So um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, Mary, from where we kind of thought the conversation go. But like a bad example I have um, of, of an organization that did not have that North Star is they had their they were a nonprofit and they had a fundraising, uh, fundraising event. And it was all about family and the va fam values of family and providing support for families. And then their actual fundraising event was all about um, – like women and drinking wine and like not saying those two things can't go hand in hand, but it just, 
the like theme of the event did not really tie into the message of the organization. And they had done this over and over again, years and years and years. And it was really popular when it first started because it was fun and different. But then slowly they started having like, yeah, their budgets were out of whack. They're, they were having a really hard time getting volunteers to return. And like, to me, this was my big, like, that's where I said earlier, like, those are the symptoms. You're like, mayday, 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 what's happening? And it goes back to like, you couldn't succinctly say, you know, here's my why, and then this is why we're running. Like, they were kind of letting the theme dictate the event versus focusing on that North Star and their reason of why they're even hosting this event and paying the money to like raise all this money and making decisions from that framework. And instead, we're making it based on this like funky theme that they liked and had held on to, but was clearly causing more problems than it was solving. Um, and it was hard for them to see that. So it's something like those to me, when I see those symptoms, it's like, oh, that, there's something wrong in that planning process where too many things were getting focused on or they were too scattered or, you know. Right. Yeah. That makes me think of a question for you. So um, as we're talking about what this, the idea of the why or the North start, what it means. So I know that I work with a lot of groups that they don't have a marketing and communications person all the time. Um, and so when I do their event, I have like a marketing template that I provide to them and I encourage them to use it, but it doesn't necessarily fall like within the services that I usually provide. And so I just give it to them and hope that it's helpful to them. Um, well, a lot of the time it gets forgotten and they don't end up using it. And then like a month before the event, there's this scrambling because uh, they haven't sold enough tickets for the event or something like that. Um, something that I would hope, you know, if they utilize the marketing plan that that could kind of help them um, succeed in that a little bit more. But so how do you think that affects the why, their North Star, what we're talking about, just kind of not not utilizing that in time or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's a great question. It's, it's definitely, you know, you're doing all the right things of giving, you know, giving that as an extra add on because it is, it is something that's out of your scope. I've been asked it before as well. And especially with organizations that might be a little bit more budget conscious and don't have an external team or even one person to help. But to me, then that's like from going back to your North Star, your why, and if it's to raise more money, and then that's how you start to break it into how. And it's like, okay, so we do this event and we do these. And the ticket sales portion of that or the, the you know, the marketing, getting the word out about the event, that's like a crucial arm. It's not an app. And I think a lot of people then focus on, they get to then bogged down in the what's of what does this look like? And they forget about the why and being like, okay, but yes, we need both to work really well. We need to be doing cool production or cool something interactive on the screen if it's a virtual event. But we also need to be telling people that we're going to be doing this really cool interactive stuff on the screen. Um, I know that's something that when I've been brought in just to do one role, so just to do the production and having nothing to do with the marketing, it can be really frustrating as a production vendor to then put on a great show and 100 people turned up when they'd been telling us that they think 800 people would turn up. And we had nothing to do with the marketing. That's not in our scope at all. But it's like, no, you have to do both. And so I think tying, like not getting into like, oh, here's what we should do. Here's these planning timelines we should work off of. Like, I would just encourage organizations to utilize that tool when you give it to them. And if anything, maybe adding in as a planner, whether it's asking a couple more questions about that why, just to like start to try to like seed plant. We all know some clients, you can't tell them what to do. You kind of just have to go with what they're giving you. But also I do always like constantly tell myself like, I know what I'm doing. I have experience in this. Like, you know, stick, stay strong with that expertise and provide that information to them. Like, yeah, hand them the template, but then, you know, either walk them through a little bit of here's the minimum three things you should be doing or doing that, putting that on your list when you check in, just be like, hey, what marketing are you doing? Again, it's not your, it's not your role, but you know that that's kind of like a 
really important measurement for success. Um, but again, I think tying it back into that why, and the, if the why is literally like, we want to raise more money, okay, what does that mean? Then we need to have 100 people here. Like that's a metric now for success for you that they can, you can't help necessarily as a planner, but you can keep checking in with them and saying, okay, you said 100, what are we at now this week? We're at 30. I know we had a client that we were kind of doing that. We're like, how many ticket sales are you at? Oh, you're at 40. Okay, that's great. What else could you be doing? And just kind of like prodding. Because um, I think it is a, it's a benefit and a curse of being the like event lead because it is assumed that you should know how to do all of these things and you do, but understanding also where your scope is. So I think if you're an event organizer or event host, having that why will give you a found, good foundation and you as the planner understanding what that why is will help you also continue to guide them of like, hey, we're talking a lot about, you know, the speakers, but you, the whole reason was raising more money. How are we doing on sponsorship um, recruitment or how are we doing it? Like you can start kind of trying to guide it back in where you're not necessarily bossing them what to do, but being like, hey guys, we all talked about this is the whole reason why we're here. Um, and another example I can have, I did a nonprofit event in Shanghai and it was a food and beverage event with an after with dinner out at all these different restaurants who donated tables. So you got a private meal at a, with 10 of your friends and then you all came together for an after party with free alcohol and drinks and snacks and dancing and stuff like that. And it was awesome and great. But we started to come into an issue where it was a zero budget event. We had no money. It was all just done by organized by volunteers or donations in kind. And then we started having to pay for things. And it was quickly something to go like we could pay for all of these things and like make it really big. But we had no budget. And so we had to really fo focus on our why, which was to raise more money for that, that year's charity every year we picked a new charity and that to me I was a, the director and it helped me when people were coming to me with like Logan should we do this it would come back to okay does it help us raise more money for charity and if the answer is no we're gonna say no. like doing really fancy floral decorations at the after party would it help me raise more money for charity probably not but would, it would look would, pretty <laughs> would it look gorgeous yes and if I had a, if I had budget and I had allocated stuff for the that kind of look and feel right. but to me for that event specifically, it was like everything you looked at is that cost. But then that night, the day of the event, it ended up we were on a rooftop. It was supposed to be warm. It was freezing. And we had to make the call, do we get outdoor heaters for our outdoor <laughs> after party or do we let people freeze? And again, it's, it's a cost. So that's more money out. But I literally went there. Will it help us raise more money for charity? The answer was yes, because if people are cold and miserable, they will go home and they will not bid on our like silent auction that we had going, our raffle tickets, like they're not going to hang out at the event. They're just going to leave. And so that was a cost that we rationalized on the event day. So that to me is like usually my best example of using the why effectively to help you figure out what are your must haves, what are your nice to haves, and what are the things that you just honestly might need to wait and do at a different event. Yeah, I really like that you're kind of tying budget into it because it, it is so impactful and super important on, on the why, especially with um, – you've touched on fundraising events. And since that's the book of my experience, I was thinking of an example too. And um, the ROI is so important all the time, but especially with fundraising events, because you really want to make an impact with whatever it is that you're trying to, to impact. And so I was thinking of um, prior to starting my business, I was employed as an event coordinator for a nonprofit. And so when I came on, they were transitioning their event. So basically they did one huge event and it was very well known in the community. Um, but, you know, I wasn't there at that time, but it's my understanding that they needed to start implementing new events because for, for that large event, it just took so much energy, so much time, so much resources, and the ROI was kind of tanking. Um, but the goal was to raise money. And so they started to reevaluate, which to me sounds like they're trying to come back to their why. And so because of that, they implemented some um, boutique events is what I like to call them. They're just smaller fundraisers. 
And um, they, they scaled back, they focused on their event mission, they helped others remember their why, and they implemented um, this, these small events to do that. And so they, I think that when you recognize the why for your event and you don't lose sight of that, that there can be so much, so much success because it affects your budget, it affects your ROI, it affects everyone who's working at the event. And that's not to say like to overwhelm anyone. It's just, it's the vast importance of it. So I think it's an important topic that we're talking about. Um, and just as a, another little tidbit, I was thinking, um, I used to be an intern for the American Heart Association and their, their big theme for the whole company is to find your why, like what's your why? Why do you want to support the work that they're doing for cardiac research and stuff like that? And so they always ask people, what's your why? And um, it's part of like their marketing approach. And so that, that was interesting to me too, because I feel like that helps their guests at an event also think about what their why is, why they're supporting the organization, which I thought was really cool. So not only is it important for you as a planner and your committee, but also for your guests to understand the why. And once again, it kind of depends the circumstance that's obviously more important for like a fundraiser. Um, but anyway, I thought that was kind of a, a fun idea. Oh, I love that. That's like amazing. I mean, I think going back to what you had said prior to that was how important to it is also not just for you to understand your why, but your whole team, if you're working on a team or your organization or and your guests. And like, that's again, to me where the disconnect, if you're having trouble selling tickets, maybe it's because you didn't do great marketing or maybe you did, but your messaging was all over the place and no one could succinctly say why, you know, what is the purpose of this event? And like, again, you can have, I just feel like we have so many clients who want to do all the things and all of the things are great, but when you hone in on budget is one I always like talk to with people. I'm like, you save, you can save money and you can also save time because if you're delegating and letting people know on your team, you know, this is the goal of the event. They're not going to come to you with some crazy off the wall idea that you can't afford because they can sometimes hone in on what that why is. Um, but it just makes it so much easier for all of the things you do to kind of understand what is the purpose. And I love your example too, from where you used to work. I think that's something too, like so many organizations do events just because they have, and they've worked in the past and then things have slowly, you know, deteriorated or just, it's not been as efficient or as effective and not so much looking at like, Oh, can we get a cheaper vendor for this exact service? It might be literally you need to like, lift the hood of the car and go all the way back into the engine and go like, why are we even here? Why are we even doing this? Um, and that's the fun part too, I think is being as, as like an event producer, event planner, it's, it's really fun to help people navigate that and to work on different events that have different whys. And I don't want to, you know, scare anyone listening to this, that if you're an organization or an event host, that your why has to be the same for every event. It doesn't. If you have three honest goals, you write all down what your whys could be. And it's like three different things. Like it could be to um, you want to reach new people. It's all about getting your name out there and you want to reach new people, but you also really want to engage with your people who are your super fans. And you also want to do something else. Like that's okay. That just might mean those are three separate events. You could try to put them all into one event, but that's going to overcomplicate a lot of your decision makings because, you know, if you're trying to reach many people as possible, you know, for an example with like ticketing, maybe you want it to be free, but you want to make your super fans feel really exclusive. So maybe that's like a paid ticket or an extra experience. And you can see how it would complicate one event trying to like accommodate all of these people where you might find it might be more efficient to target them through different events. And so I think 
if I was someone suggesting going through this why exercise, to me, it's always so important to make sure that you know that like there's no constraint that says you have to do it all in one event. Mm-hmm. And there's also no one who says you can only have one why and that's your that's your why for the rest of time. You, you can always change it um, as you evolve as an organization year to year, you could change it. But like really without that why, I just I, you can't even you, you can't do anything even like for us now in this world, we're living with virtual event platforms. Like if my organization doesn't know the, if who I'm working with doesn't know the why, it's really hard for me to find the right technology platform for them. Similar in person, like you can't find a venue unless you know really like why are we gathering? If it's a gala, do you need to have a big room that everyone can gather in? Or is it more for intimate one-on-one conversations like a networking, you meet people. So you could use a smaller space with lots of little nooks and crannies that people could like have private conversations in. So you just need to, you, I, I think this is such a crucial topic, having a North Star, having this, because it really feeds into anything and everything you do when it comes to planning your event. Right. Yeah. So we've shared some examples, um, but how do you see this happening in the event planning process specifically? So it sounds like you have that initial planning meeting where you really kind of hash out your why, and then what do you do from there to make sure that you're not backstepping? Yeah. I mean, write it in bold and big and print it out on a piece of paper and put it on the wall if you have a physical office or on a post-it note or at the top of your notes when you're taking notes or, you know, like the top of an agenda too, or something like you're always looking at it. It, Yes, exactly. Put it at the top of the agenda. Like until you really embody it, you should like, you might need to put it in multiple physical places so you see it. Um, Or you delegate to have one person, if you're a part of a team, like there's one person who's making sure that you are always thinking about that why and they're the one who can challenge whatever decision you guys are making just being like hey does this tie into such you know tie into our big why of why we're here we're trying to bring everyone together is that does that tie into bringing people together uh no okay like then you know we can let's think about something else but really just keeping it like top of mind and i know when i did this with this event in shanghai was really where i had this aha moment about why it was so important because it literally with events like the world is your oyster you can do all these cool things and you I like to say event planners and like event producers were essentially like paid decision makers. So we have to pick between one thing and another. And it can be really hard to like make that decision. But if you have a why to kind of go back to and that helps guide you of like, oh, this is why I picked this over this. Like that's just going to be another tool in your event planning toolkit. So to me, it helps guide you. Granted, there are exceptions and you could figure out what those are. But for every organization might not like having separate events for separate people and they want to make everyone happy with one event. But I've just found it's the most efficient is to have it like constantly in your face and something that you come back to. Um, Without it, you're lost. Like that's again why I love that analogy with like the North Star. Like if you don't have it, um, you can get overwhelmed by the number of choices or like things to do. And then you make a mistake and try to do all of them at once. And they all are like, okay, versus crushing one really cool interactive thing you were looking for or really crushing your speakers because you got really good speakers but you were too busy trying to do 15 other things that the presentation doesn't look great or something like that like it just keeps you focused so that's how I see it as just being like a checks and balances to everything you're doing as you're planning and if you're ever stuck and don't know what to do between this or that or you're confused like just going back to it and being like does this tie in yes or no and if it's a maybe then maybe you need to bring in a friend or bring in another person just to like bounce it off them to be like, hey, am I thinking about this correctly? And they're like, oh, it's wildly off or no, this is totally right. And with my charity example, we'd gotten to the point of doing it that we were by a committee and we'd gotten to the point where we all embodied it so much that even committee members didn't have to like come to me for approval as the director to do something. They knew if it literally, if it comes down to like, why did we do that? It's like, oh, because it helped us 
you know, raise more money for, for charity or it helped us do this, which then helped us raise more money for charity. And it's like, cool, no need, like not even going to question it. But the fact that you needed to ha- kind of have that, that answer to all of your decisions um, was really helpful. Right. I feel like this is something too that, I mean, the idea of it is really pretty simple and it's something that it should be, you know, fairly simple to implement upfront too. It's just part of the process um, or it should be part of the process, but it's still as simple as it is, it can get fairly complicated based on the the people that you're working with. Um, but I I think there's a, a lot of value in it. And um, just kind of to reiterate, not to not to feel overwhelmed by the idea of it, but as long as it's on your radar, you can keep it on your radar going forward um, as you're working with any clients or in a company or whatever. Um, the idea of it is is pretty timeless. And I hope that it's beneficial for all of our listeners, because I think we all need a reminder sometimes. It's it's just like in our personal lives too. It's kind of, it's hard to remember our, our big goals. Yeah. Well, it's like so simple, it, it feels silly, but I think it's because it's so simple, it gets so frequently forgotten. I mean, I'd love to hear more, Mary, you know, your event, your company kind of even just ties into this whole theme of being EP events, events with a purpose. So I'd love you to First, you know, just kind of chat a little bit about why did you incorporate that into the name of your business? And then how has, do you, have you found that as you've been, you know, starting and moving forward with your business? Yeah. So I, when I was thinking of like what to name my company, I was thinking about something that's important to me. And um, with my past experience with events, I felt like we ran into those, those points where we were losing that North Star and we were forgetting our why. And I noticed that happening. Um, and so from, from those experiences, I just realized the importance of purpose. And so I felt like it sounded good and I wanted to, to add that in my name, but, but because it is so important to me. So when I talk about what the mission is of, of EP events, events with a purpose, um, it was formatted around fundraising events, of course, and staying true to organizations, missions, visions, and budgets, which is what we've talked about today. And so I found that it was needed. And so I applied it um, to, to, the, to the name of my business. And it's exactly what we've talked about already with that. I see so many organizations that get wrapped up in the idea of the process. You know, we have a lot of idea people, which they're important and they're needed definitely. Um, But sometimes those ideas become so grand and creative that that we go over budget or we're spending too much time on things that, that don't really impact the event as, you know, as much as it should. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm kind of shocked now it's taken us like this far into the episode to say like the big thing of also why you have a, have a North star is it helps you fight against the shoulds, the -hmm. like what you should be doing, which like I say it now, I'm going to say it with air quotes, like should be doing. Cause I think there is, you know, we get this personally as a, you know, individuals, you have what you should or shouldn't be doing. Um, and I, that definitely applies to organizations and to, um, events in particular and certain things that they should do or they should use this venue or they should do this because it looks good. But again, this is where when the should start to drag you away from that North Star, ideally because you've decided it, you've put it out somewhere and you're constantly referring it back to you, it helps you fight the shoulds that aren't helpful and listen and highlight and prioritize the shoulds that actually are helpful. So you should have an MC. Do you? Depends on your event. If that actually feeds into your North Star, then yeah, we're going to have an MC at our event. But if it doesn't matter and you want to make it more personal of some form, like, then you don't do that. So I, I think it's just, it's funny that I'm like, we haven't even talked about the shoulds, but the that's should. a whole thing. That could be a whole, its own episode, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just bringing it back to, you know, the main questions that you can ask yourself or you can ask your committee, like, what's the reason we're doing this event? What's the intended outcome? And then just focus on that purpose, that why, that North Star, and it'll really streamline your process for event planning. 
Yeah, and you'll hopefully save some time and money along the way because the amount of anecdotes, you can email Mary and I after this at the uh, our Better Events uh, email address linked in the show notes. Just if you have some good examples or if you're struggling about how to even help your organization or a client go through these because we've done it countless amounts of times um, and are happy to always pay it forward. But I think it's time for our bonus tip before we uh, we wrap up today. And this one is unrelated to your why, but more of a practical tip for anyone and everyone listening who uses the internet. Um, this is where you can test your internet speed. So we really recommend going to fast.com and it instantly will run a speed test on your computer. It's free and it checks your download and your upload speed. Two things that pre-virtual events we probably never really had to worry about unless you were an AV tech but you wanna check it and our recommended speeds are about 20 megabits download and 10 megabits upload. Why does the upload matter? The upload matters because when we're doing stuff like this, like with a video component or an audio component, we are uploading sound or video or things into the cloud, to Zoom, to YouTube, to whatever platform you're using. And so if that's too slow and you could have really good download speed to watch your Netflix, but you can't upload anything, it's gonna impact your online experience. And I think this is for relevant for if you're a speaker, a host, if you just go to a virtual meeting as a part of what you do, you, you should definitely check this. Um, I use this as a good test that let me call Xfinity and complain about my Wi-Fi speed because I did this. So recommend doing it if you, and play around with having both anyone on your house on the Wi-Fi or just you by yourself on the Wi-Fi. You can also test it. Mary's great at Ethernet cabling in, so you can do that too. But yeah, go to fast.com and check your upload and download speed and make sure that you're getting about 20, 20 megabits download, 10 megabits upload. And make sure that you also try to reach out and find us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, you can also follow me, Mary Davidson, at EP Events LLC on most social platforms. And Logan, where can listeners find you? You can find me at Logan Strategy Group underscore events on Instagram and just loganstrategygroup.com. And thank you so much for listening today. It's been a fun topic. It's been an important topic. And so check back here next Wednesday for another episode, and we'll see you then. Bye, everybody.